Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts, and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Australia in four, the United States in five. to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. Thank you all very much for joining us as I introduce the star of the podcast, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, Robbie. How are you? Good. I'm hoping people can hear me this week because last week we had some technical issues, which a few <laughs> people, Shannon, to be honest, said it, it worked better that they didn't have to hear me. So fair <laughs> enough. That's all right. I didn't take that personally. Um, so that was, that was uh, yeah, some technical issues. But this week we've, we've sorted it out of up the volume. So we are all good to go. Uh, mate, there's been a, a fair bit going on in the last few days of swimming, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, the swimming gods have given us some news to have a chat about, which is awesome. Um, for you, though, mate, how's your week been? Yeah, pretty busy, all things swimming. So, um when, we didn't do a podcast last week, did we? No. Well, our, our world record podcast came out last week, but no, we, we skipped a week. Um, cause we yeah, so it's been two weeks. On, and the host had uh, tonsillitis, so <laughs> it probably hey. wouldn't have gone down very well. <laughs> Maybe that's why the pod, you were, your voice was low. Maybe it was a sign that you were getting tonsillitis. Yeah, yeah it could have been. It could have been. It could have been. Um, funnily enough, I've still, yeah, the throat's still not great. So I've got to go another course of antibiotics, I think, but it's all good. Uh, you don't sound wise, 100%. Hey? You don't sound 100%. Thanks, Shannon. It's like when people say, oh, you don't look that great. It's just another way. Yeah, isn't saying, that the worst? You look oh. like shit. <laughs> so it's all good. Um, yeah, swimming-wise, so you've been, everything's rocking and rolling nicely into yeah. championships. Yeah, so um, everything's been going good. It's been a busy fortnight. Um, so, and then, you know, with you've sort of got your opens, guys, and we're not tapering or anything like that for um, 
this little four-day meet on the coast and uh which they what do they call it now the national championships <laughs> yeah well the australian swimming championships it still is because uh, yeah i'm pretty sure um which we're going to do a podcast on next week with statistician extraordinaire david clark's going to come on and talk about australian swimming championships and the history of it but yeah i think now uh, the one in june is officially sort of known as the trials for whatever i think this is yeah. still the swimming championships of australia which is disappointing because i mean we'll probably get to it not all the aussies top stars go and swim there because they're saving themselves or or maybe they don't go and do their full program so it has sort of diminished the name of it hasn't it really yeah and you know i was actually thinking it this morning like and i've got a couple of swimmers that aren't going yeah gold coast just purely because of um cost reasons um and you know we had new south wales opens a month ago you got sydney open it's only three weeks i think after the the australian champs so you know and um our our main focus is is june um not that you know we've got a squad of people that are um uh yeah all going for the world championship team it's not that at all but it's just just a proper meet you know it's full length it's not four days you know even with the swimmers that i've got going up you know we're looking at you know we won't be able to do that meet uh that event because it's you know the 400 freeze the day before the 200 fly and yeah conflicts you know, and then then people want relays in a four-day meet like i mean it's just a oh, yeah let's just not go there because <laughs> I've been for another podcast. <laughs> so um anyway but yeah it's, it's been a busy fortnight and um on the on that subject uh you know it looks like uh there's been some ticket issues with age nationals eh Oh yeah, the t- oh yeah, we're going there, are we? Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. let's not go there either. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a list of things we shouldn't go near. Oh, the ticket issues. I, I don't under look. Well, I don't. It's unbelievable, won't. isn't it? Like yeah. my, my um, you know, my 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 parents won't be able to go and see the, um, their grandchild swim mm. at her first national champs, and yeah. you know that's just unbelievable. Seriously unbelievable yeah well shannon they can they can watch they can sit on the grass outside and look in the car park and watch the big screen yeah add to their skin cancer (laughs) oh well that meat does that anyway because you if you're sitting in the stands you're just cooking like a bloody roast chicken it it can be quite um tough to sit in the stands sometimes there but yeah no it um i don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of how this all sort of came about because i can't imagine uh, the higher ups are ever going to admit to maybe getting something wrong or not quite getting it right. I know they're trying to throw out the numbers and go, oh, but there's so many kids uh, swimming this time, which is partly, you know, I don't want to make this a roast of Swimming Australia, but it's partly their own fault when you put 50 metre events everywhere and then make the times easier to qualify for. Well, then, of course, yeah. you're going to have an influx of kids coming in. Um, but they added an age group too, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I can only One assume after another. Yeah, maybe they were trying to get away with not as many grandstands, Shannon, and and then all of a sudden they realised, oh, we're going to have to because 
I'm assuming the scaffolding and stuff that goes up there all costs money to put up and to hire for the week. So whether we're trying to cut costs a little bit and just have one stand on, on the, the side closest to the beach. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but it seems odd, doesn't it? That all of a sudden you can't get a ticket yeah. when every other year you've been pretty, uh, pretty sweet. Yeah. It was last year. We just had the one meet, didn't we? Last in year Adelaide? was in Adelaide. Yeah. And it was just a combination, wasn't it? No, I think it, no, it flowed through. It flowed through like this. It was age nationals and then it went into opens. But we, there was never a ticket issue in Adelaide. So maybe another thing, Shannon, is everyone's decided, oh, it's on the Gold Coast? Sweet, holiday time. So now everyone's decided they're all taking their families up. I know a couple of my um, swimmers have grandparents and stuff going up as well because it's a holiday. So whether that – but I, I don't know. I I feel like – there's more to the, to the reason of why the tickets weren't all available and we're probably just never going to know the answer. Because all of a sudden they're becoming available, aren't they? There's tickets coming out. Where are the tickets coming from? <laughs> where, where, how are they available now if they weren't before? So I, I feel like there's maybe some underestimating going on or they'll try to cut costs somewhere and not put up some uh, sort of – does yeah. that make sense? I feel like – and then they've gone, well, looks like we, we're going to have to – we can't just keep getting. Then they turned off all the commenting on on Facebook and Instagram and stuff, so you couldn't write any comments on there. Because um, yeah, fair play, look, and I'm sure people the the people that were copying the ear bashing were not the people that made the decisions either. So you find that quite a lot in most businesses, don't you? It's always the people on the front line that cop the the abuse. It's always the the poor kid at the front saying, "Do you want fries with that?" That cops your abuse. It's it's not the people behind the scenes. Yeah, that's my son. He works. <laughs> he works at a uh, at, at, at a pool, a local pool. Uh, yeah. it's a, just in summer here in Canberra. Yeah, he, he's copped a few of those fry sprays. <laughs> it's never their problem. Like it's never their fault. So I was just like, ah, let him go. There was one lady. She brought back the fries and said they're cold. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens to fries. The longer you have them, the colder they get. They start off hot. Yeah, uh, so. Some of the stories about fries and people complaining. <laughs> There's a podcast. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Well, yeah, hopefully to all the listeners of the podcast, you've got your tickets for Age Nationals. And as I said, I think they are slowly starting to make some available for people to get, but they're limited and you can only get one or two at a time. But um, definitely... It would be nice if you're flying up there to watch your kids that you would be able to go and, and watch your child swim. So especially for the younger ones, Shannon, hey, you know, you've got 13-year-old girls going. For some of them, it might be their first nationals. Maybe their coach isn't going because, you know, they, they don't have a big team. So the coach has to stay back at the pool and look after the program. And, you know, if mum or dad can't even get into the stands, this poor 13-year-old kid at their first, first nationals just wandering about, not – you know, yeah, well, I've heard that, you know, there's some coaches not going because, you know, they've got one swimmer who's maybe just in one event or only two events. And I think from memory, yeah, you've got to buy coaches accreditation for a whole week. Mm. So, well, that's not going to do the maths, is it? So yeah. the coach isn't going. It's a small club. And, uh, yeah, you've got a 13-year-old or 14-year-old at their very first National champs wandering around. Is it in this pool or is it in that pool? 
Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's yeah, you know, safety issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they end up seeing the light there. And as I said, they've miraculously found these tickets somewhere. So at least we're, we're getting on top of it. Not everybody's going to be happy, of course, but I think now more than not, people have gotten a ticket for, for some. So at least we're getting somewhere with that. Now, I mentioned earlier um, that there's been some swimming news this week. And funnily enough, Shannon, fresh off our world record podcast last week, uh, Summer McIntosh, 16-year-old Summer McIntosh from Canada, 400-metre uh, freestyle world record. She went 356.08 splits, if you're interested in that type of stuff, were 56.46, Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, she can swim, can't she? <laughs> um, what's she been, 205 for turn and fly? Has she been 420? We were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, Medley's pretty good too. Yeah, she's been under 430. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. the world record for that? Is it 28 by Katinka or is it quicker than 28? Well, if you keep talking, I'll have a look. I thought it was 428 by Katinka. Um, and one of my swimmers said, no, nah, it's 426. So, um, but, uh, yeah, um, I, I looked at those splits. There was a swim-swim comparison and... Um, 426.36, there you go. All right, she was right. She so, did that uh, in Brazil. 2016. The, yeah, what was it? Uh, I think um, Ledecky had been home in 58.8 or 58.9. Ariane was back in 59-something. So um, so the first 300 was a lot quicker yeah. um, for that world record swim. And then, you know, there's, uh, what's she got, the Turner Free to Come or Turner IM. So... Yeah, she's training in Florida full-time, I read, so. She's certainly someone, I, I guess her age gets people excited too of the future, and that's what I was going to say to you, pardon me. So we've got obviously Paris and everyone's excited for Ledecky versus uh, Ariane again, but does this, I mean, I mean, it's sort of a rhetorical question, does this now make it a three-horse race? Yeah, look, there'll be there'll be more than three horses in that race. I'll give you the tip. At the top, at the top end, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Okay. So, um, care to share any uh, <laughs> anyone who you who you think is going to be up there? Um, I've got I've got uh, big wraps on Erica Fairweather. Mm. So yeah, I think me she's too. Very good she's swimmer. a lovely girl too. Yeah. So um, she spent a she spent a week with me a couple of weeks ago, probably two yeah. months ago now. Yeah. Um, and I was very impressed the way how how good a, how just good a swimmer she is. Yeah. Um, and then um, I think they they're coming to the Sydney Open. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, and, and she recently went four four minutes, um, and she's she's got age on her side. Mm. Um, yeah, she's only what's she seventeen now? Eighteen? No, I think she's eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, but um, and then you know, so I think if you know if if Eric if you throw Erica's hat in the ring, I mean she's still got a ways to go, but yeah. she's got age on her side and things like that. Um, 
Then you've got there's a couple others. There might be another one that I, you know that I'm not up to speed on, but you know. I mean, Summer, she was a 14-year-old in the Olympic final, wasn't she? So, mm. so you could see the writing on the wall. It just goes to show, you know, gold medals aren't around people's necks until they're around people's necks, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I think that's what's been be impressive. A great, great event. Yeah, that's what's been impressive about Summer too, though, is that a lot of the time we see these young you know, talented swimmers come through that seem to be far and away above everybody else in their age group. And, you know, they're sort of outliers, but taking them from that position and still going on with it, like a David Popovici, that's another thing in of itself, isn't it? So, you know, there's outliers all the time sort of coming through that are at standouts, yeah. but them then going on to, to be the top of the, the pile is, a, is another one in itself. So for summer, I think, you know, that's, the congratulations to her and her coaching team and everyone yeah. who's been around producing her because it's one thing to be 14 and all of a sudden, you know, she's doing well, but to then go on and break a world record and potentially I'm only assuming she's got her eyes now on Paris and doing some amazing stuff there. That's another thing in itself. Yeah. You see lots of good promising swimmers come through, don't you? Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and they don't go on with it. There's more of them than, than, than the opposite so yeah, yeah no nah, um very very good and, and yeah it's interesting you know canada are doing their trials you know in the sort of traditional and the uk is still doing it in their in that traditional april meet so yeah um yeah worlds this year <laughs> well listen i've got a i've got a you know we were talking a bit about world records and what was next to be broken, which we have now documented. And if it happens, you heard it here first, Shannon's Nostradamus. Uh, I wanted to go one more. Yeah, well, was it? I wasn't right, was I? <laughs> Two weeks later, the Fauna Free went. That's funny. Um, I wanted to throw one more at you. So we're one year out from, from the Olympics. Um, what's your prediction for the 400 freestyle? Are you willing to, to put a name on the line? Are you willing to? Because I still think, I know you're saying the others will be in and around it, but I think the winner will come from one of those three, either Ledecky, Titmus, or McIntosh. The yeah. winner will. Yeah, yeah no, nah, I'm not willing to put a name on it. He's gun shy from last week now. He's, <laughs> oh, that's it. Um, well, it's interesting. The only thing I was going to say, Shannon, about summers, and far be it for me to pick apart a world record, but as you mentioned, the other girls finished a bit faster. She's gone out a bit faster. So would that be the next part of her, how to improve that swim is to try and bring that last hundred home? Or is that just the way she's going to keep swimming it, you reckon? Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of the way she's swum in the past, um, you know, is that the event she's going to go for? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the other question. She might think there's two or three others there, you know. She got 200 fly, 200 IM, 200 free. Someone was saying, watch the 200 free this week. Yeah. So, Especially um, now if her tail's up. Yeah. So, you know, then, you know, we just said she's been 428 or something for the... 
So, who knows? Um, what about have you the, been? I know yeah. you're you're big on the uh, you're big on the NCAA's, uh, as we remember from a previous podcast. <laughs> back to talking with um, I couldn't even remember the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> David Marsh, you couldn't, you didn't even get the name right. Um, did you have you saw and have you seen any of that? Sorry, with obviously um, Leon uh, Marchand smashing some of the records over there. Did you catch any of that? Was he? Oh yeah, no, yeah. not a single thing, except one race. I did have a look at one race, and it was the women's turn of free. Yep. And um, Abby Webb, I had a look at Abby Webb's. But she won the B final. Yep. Um, and she was actually the fastest of, of anybody in the on the last fifty. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So she's she's enjoying her time over there. Uh yeah. Yeah. So I think she she'll be back in the country on the twenty eighth of May. So um just one question on Leon. So obviously, um, yards over there and obviously he smashed some some records over there and just you know swimming for some phenomenal times and i don't want to bore people with uh with the splits and all that sort of stuff but he was yeah just doing some splits that people haven't seen before is it another thing then to take that on and and try and replicate that though next year in a long course pool you know we saw last week we talked about with the world records some of the swimmers who just have short course world records or some people who are just phenomenal at yards because they've got great skills is it another thing then to replicate that and take it on to a, an Olympic stage and do it there? Oh, yeah. But I think, yeah, it's easier to go from long course down to short course, in my view, you know. So um, you see people swim real fast, short, and then they can't go the long. So, but, but this guy, I mean, he was very good yeah. at the last world champs, wasn't he? So, you know. And it's a French Olympics for a French team. Yeah, they're going to go well. So does seem like the stars have aligned for him. And he's got a, a great coach in charge with Mr. Bob Bowman, who's been there before. And yeah, he's certainly very well aware of setting those big goals and targets, isn't he? Yeah. He's not going to get rattled by the big stage, is he? Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck, and there's a pair of DMC fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code off the blocks for a 10% discount at checkout. Um, just today, or, or I just saw it today, but uh, was uh, Adam Peaty deciding to take some time away from the pool and he's withdrawing from the, from the championships, uh, from the British championships over there. Uh, I just wanted to quickly pull up um, what he posted, just so people are aware of what he said. Find it here. Some great podcasts. Here we go. So uh, this is what he said on his uh, Instagram. Everyone wants to sit in your seat until they have to sit in your seat. Few 
very few people understand what winning and success does to an individual's mental health. Uh, they don't understand the pressures these individuals put on themselves to win over and over again. Some people may know I've struggled with my mental health over the last few years, uh, and I think it's important to be honest about it. I'm tired, I'm not myself, and I'm not enjoying the sport as I've done for the last decade. Um, I'll just fast forward to the end. I'm hugely grateful for all the support I'm receiving. Um, and, you know, he's, he's very thankful. But obviously, uh, it's, it's taken its toll on him, Shannon. And um, he, he's having a bit of a break. He doesn't say he's stopping. He just says he wants to get away and, and find the love of it again. Um, a, for, for Adam, does it surprise you that someone at the top of their game like that, you know, is, is feeling that burnout? No. No. Um, yeah, you know, I've coached people who've experienced the same thing, you know. It, once you've slayed your dragon, you know, it's, it's hard to keep coming back. And, you know, um, Adam slayed it a couple of times. So, and, you know, things change. So, um, you know, he's, he's a father now and so, you know, that adds a layer of complexity, you know, and this is where, you know, coaches have got all the, you know, when you're an athlete, you can just think about yourself, you know. Uh, when you're a coach, it's, you know, you can't really do that when you've got a family involved as well. So um, it can be, you know, very hard on coaches who have had success and then, needing to try and replicate that in their, their careers. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, we were talking about camps and, um, you know, I know that uh, that squad was out in Australia for a long time. I think uh, not 100% sure, but I, I think it was something in the realms of eight or nine weeks. Yeah. And, um, you know, we did a podcast on camps, didn't we? We did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, we certainly discussed it, and, you know, whether it was a you know, good idea and how, how we can make it good and how much of it is just for the sake of doing it and you could have done it in your own pool. And Yeah, yeah, I think it doesn't matter how nice, you know, uh, an environment is, um, nothing beats home. And that's a hell of a long time to be away from your family and all of that and to be living, you know, living, eating and training with your peers and um you know i saw it done you know there's a few coaches that tried to do it back in 2009 and spend time in europe mm. um, for, for that sort of extended period and it was very hard on on everybody that was yeah. involved in that so yeah you got to think very carefully about those sorts of things and um um I remember we got to the World Championships coming from Australia and there was people who had been there for eight or nine weeks who were at the, those World Champs in Rome, beautiful location, and they just, the meet hadn't even started and they just wanted to go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what that sort of thing can do. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, obviously, as someone who, and you mentioned that you've had swimmers who, you know, have felt burnt out, 
um, what what can we do as coaches to help try and um, I, I guess avoid it? Are, are there any sort of warning signs? Are there things that you know you can sort of pick up on? And certainly, if you see your athlete nine, ten times a week, you get a fairly good understanding of their ups and their downs, and when they're on and they're off, and you can sort of you know get a sense of feeling where if, where if they're headed in the wrong direction. Are there ways that we can identify certain things and maybe get on top of it before it gets to this? Obviously, Adam, don't get me wrong, this is an extreme case. He's yeah, he's got a lot of pressure to go up and, and win a third Olympics and um yeah. you know, he's the man. So that's when he walks out. If he's less than that, that's gonna weigh on him. Um, because obviously in his mind he's still the man, but physically if he's not up to where he was, then it, it just does so it's a little bit different, but in terms of day-to-day coaches and, and age group coaches and certainly those who are maybe 17, 18, going through HSE and all that sort of stuff, you, you'd send to see it through there as well. Are there ways we can help? Yeah, I think you've got you've just got to um, be understanding in those situations, you know. Um, try to talk them through it a little bit. Make sure that they understand that, um, you understand, you know, that in, so communication, I think, is really important. Um, and that, uh, you know, you might, might be able to just talk them through, look, this is okay. Don't expect to be at your best. If you swim well in training, then great. If, if not, don't beat yourself up over it and then back that up by, by being understanding when they don't. Um, you might be able to say, look, let's just focus in some uh, some areas that are lesser intense. Yep. So, you know, come up with something like that. Um, maybe just come up with, you know, if you can just be here six, seven times a week, that'll be fine for the next three, four weeks, you know. Yeah. So that sort of thing, I think, would be my advice. Um, and uh, just try and see him through to the to the other side, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you said, like that uh, that Olympic type level stuff is a whole new ball game because it's not just when you're at that level. It's not just swimming. It's um, it's all the sponsorship pressures that come along with it as well. So yeah, multi layered. Yeah, well, hundred percent. And we've we've talked about this. I think on the very first, the time I interviewed you for Off the Blocks, which was almost a sort of a precursor for starting the Shannon Rollison podcast, because we had a good chat and it went for so long that I thought, hey, I think we can do this every week. But <clears throat> I remember saying to you, you know what, you know, you you'd been to the pinnacle, you'd been there, you'd you've you know, as a coach, you'd won an Olympic gold medal. Um, what makes you want to you know climb mount everest again and that's kind of you know for adam or anybody in that sort of um level you know a katie ledecky or these these guys and girls are going not just for the second time but a third time or you know they're, they're looking up and going all right up all right here we here we go and as you said that's just a whole other level of um of expectation and pressure and as you said you can imagine the media would be keen to see him do well again because you know obviously um you know british swimming would love to to have him win again and so yeah yeah, you can imagine the pressures and and not just that but these athletes and you know them very well they put enough pressure on themselves to be that person don't they 
Oh, absolutely. That's why they can get to that level. And, and the same with coaches, you know. The best coaches are the, their own hardest taskmasters, mm. you know. They don't need KPIs. <laughs> yeah. I remember they used to have KPIs, AOS, and that. You so yeah, write whatever you want. <laughs> it's not going to make any difference. <laughs> Good luck, sunshine. <laughs> I saw a, um, just talking about obviously the different mentalities, I saw a video with Michael Phelps uh, just on Instagram. I was flicking through my reels, inevitably, or always something about motivational speaking or a swimmer talking about something. But Anyway, he spoke about when he came back from Sydney and he was 15 and he came, I think, fifth in the final of the 200 fly. And he said, and generally speaking, people take a holiday after the Olympics. He said, I was training the, the next day. And not only was I training that week, Bob put on the, on the board WR. And for the next year, we trained to go for a world record, which inevitably he went on to do. Mm. Um, but it is just that different. Everyone else is thinking to themselves, what? The next day and they're back into it weren't you on holidays weren't you off having a couple of cocktails and oh he's 15 but you know i mean just relaxing but uh it's that different mentality that just wasn't fulfilled with fifth in an olympic final he wanted more yeah 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 different beasts yeah so yeah and 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 sometimes you've got to save people from them from themselves you know so i think that's something to Keep in mind as a coach. Yeah. So. Now, <coughs> part of apologies for the coughing. Yeah, the tape. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to the <laughs> apologies for the coughing, people. I promise. Another course of antibiotics is coming. Um, now, yeah, taper. We're on to taper time now. Obviously, uh, this is probably one of our more, more famous uh, podcasts that we did. Landing your plane. Uh, we did this uh, around this time last year, Shannon. And, um, and, you know, obviously everyone wanted to talk about how their planes were landing. And as I've told you before, a few of my planes have crashed over the time. So we thought we would uh, revisit this. It's very topical. We're coming up to nationals. Uh, it is now eight days away. A little more for those uh, who aren't racing for the week after or those who are going to open nationals. Uh, but, yeah, we thought it's a great time just to, delve back in we're probably going to cover a little bit that we might have already but we might get to to some that we haven't covered Shannon if we get really specific we're now eight days away from age nationals and as I said a little more if you you know maybe start racing on the Monday so a little bit more there what should your training be consisting of at the moment what sort of key components should coaches be focusing on at the moment nothing new you know, don't you don't introduce anything new into a taper period. So that that'd be the first thing that comes to mind. You know, so and um, things that were passed on to me. You know, um, when in doubt, rest more. So we did. Yeah, that's that's something. Just calling back to that last one, you did mention that um, definitely a few times, and obviously. You know, we said those that focus. Are there anything that you want to try and avoid? Have you got a week to go till nationals? Are there certain things that you'd say, woohoo, don't go there, don't, don't be touching on that in a week before? Um, well, yeah, that all depends on events, you know. So, like, if, if you've got a distance person, obviously you need to do some 
you know, some race pace sort of stuff, short rest race pace to keep because that's a system that you, they're going to need. Mm. So you want to keep those systems alive. But if you're a, a sprint person, you don't need to be doing that. Yeah. And just like if you're a distance person, then, um, you know, you don't need to be doing 425s walkbacks on two minutes either. So so it all it's all dependent on, on you know, who's standing in front of you and, and what event they're going for. Um, but, um, you know, another thing, like, just having a chat to your athletes about, you know, um, resting away from the pool, you know, so... Don't introduce something. Yeah, don't don't go for a uh, three-hour bike ride, you know, <laughs> or, or a two-hour walk up the clo- the nearest mountain uh, yeah. because you've got lots of energy and you thought you were a bit bored and thought, oh, that sounds like fun. It's a nice day. Mm. So, you know. Well, I feel like this is deja vu, Shannon, because we've got um, in Sydney uh, this week on Friday some school competition. Oh, yeah. On Friday. Yeah. So what I'd do with that is if they can't get out of it, I'd just factor that into your week. Mm. So so rather than giving them time off around it, you'd just sort of make it easy, recovery sessions, and just really lighten the load? Yeah, and then that, that, that could be part of their training week, you know? So, so yeah. Well, Matt, you mentioned it. I, I want to circle back to this just for people who missed it. You mentioned it on the last podcast. Uh, about you know when we we're talking about tapering but just in case people did miss it and you sort of mentioned a certain percentage of training volume wise that you should be looking at during taper um if you can recall that do you remember what that was and um did you want to share that with us today for people who sitting there i think you, you mentioned you know if you look at your general um week leading up to and then your taper should be a certain percentage less than yeah, I think um, we were talking about like by the end of it, you'll have some, you know, and again, you know, we're talking about something that, you know, a taper can work and then the next year you try and do that taper again and it won't work. Yeah. All right, because you can't dive through the same hole twice. And it's all based on preparation, you know, and I think Bob Bowman once said, um, the only way you can stuff up a taper is by not preparing well. You know, it's all about preparation. And really, you know, the taper is not the magic pill. You, you've got to, you've got to have trained and prepared well leading up to that taper. So, yeah. but you know, I think when we, what you're referring to is, you know, I've had swimmers where they just do thirty percent of their training volume in the last week and other swimmers are around 50 percent yeah now i don't really dabble into the world of distance swimming (laughs) (laughs) but when i have hang on a second didn't you have that guy from the when you were over there in denmark yeah 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 yeah. well he got down about 50 percent but you know he was a distance guy that when he walked into a gym his muscles got bigger so (laughs) yeah he wasn't atypical but but you know back in the nineties when I was um, yeah I had some distance girls and I had a um, a distance girl in Denmark as well she did the eight hundred um, you know it's like ten days and you know um, you know 
I think Ken Woods once said to me, oh, that you just rest them on the plane. Well, he's not far wrong, you know. <laughs> so, um, so they're quite, you know, yeah, sort of little, little, yep, you're done. <laughs> That's why they, people that, that don't need a lot of rest, they make me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um- Another thing that's been topical uh, just for me this week in terms of what I've spoken to my athletes about, which I wanted to get your thoughts on, was just the language that is best used as coaches leading up to this competition. So things to maybe avoid saying or avoid bringing up. So do you have any things that are like, you know, is it horses for courses? Do some athletes need you to mention, you know, certain things? Are there some, do you sort of play it by ear or do you have some sort of, uh, general rules about things to say or not to say. Yeah, if they have had a bad prep, don't bring it up. <laughs> so you're saying if they haven't turned up to training three days before is not a good time to go, well, I told you to get your ass to training. And what do you yeah. think's going to happen? Yeah, what's happened's happened. Keep your eyes forward, you know. Um, and um, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, is is another thing I would think. But you know, I, I saw your notes. I, I read that note, and I thought, what is there? A, is there a bloody guideline to what to say during taper now? Put out by some. <laughs> I was like, seriously, really? <laughs> no, no. It's just you know, sir. I I know some of my athletes. Uh, the moment you mention where they're ranked, oh yeah, their, their shoulders kind of slump. Oh no, now it's not that they. It's now this pressure that they already probably had on themselves, but now you've just piled a little bit more. Or so that's yeah. where I sort of came up with: is there certain things to veer away from? But yeah, well, that, in, yeah, there might be people who like that, Shannon. There might be people you need to g up and go, hey, hey, you know that girl you don't like, or well, she's a ranked ahead of you. Yeah, that, and they might love that. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. So you got to know the, the person you're talking to, and. Um, you know, what you say to one, you don't say the other, you know. And then you can get in trouble for doing that too, you know. For, yeah, plenty of coaches who are doing a really, really good job by individualising and, yeah, they can get in trouble for doing that. Yeah. So um, because uh, someone's heard, oh, you said such and such to someone and you didn't say that to my daughter. So not treating everyone equally. Um, but... <laughs> In general principles, good coaching, yes, you know that the person standing in front of you and um, that that's, you know, what you're bringing up is that's why you need time with the swimmer. Mm. Yeah, you know, I've got, um, you know, a, a young swimmer who's coming to my program in February. She's going to age. I've never tapered her before. Um, I asked what sort of taper she'd done in the past. I don't know. You know, so we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants here. And, um, you know, uh, it, 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 we're just, you know, putting money in the bank, so, so to speak. It's, yeah. it's all just trying to gain experience um, with this swimmer. So what we do this year, we'll learn from and we'll be, be better next year. You know, and when you look at the really good uh, coach-athlete relationships, they're formed over time Mm. Um, and everybody needs time. 
Um, so, you know, you got to keep that in mind as well. So, you know, on the flip side of that, um, when you are dealing with someone for the first time, you know, don't beat yourself up um, if things that all don't go hunky-dory first time out because, you know, the chances that they were going to go hunky-dory are quite slim. Yeah. So, um, you know, just um, put, put that down to experience and, and learn from it and, and move on. But, um, yeah, look, if, and if an athlete has missed this and that, you know, and they're in taper and they're not feeling great, yeah, don't bring up, you know, all the sessions they've missed and all the things, you know, you can reflect on that after the event, you know, and chat to them about that. Um, you got to try and stay focused um, on on stay, looking forward and um, uh, trying to be as positive as, as you can with that individual, you know. If they're not feeling great in the water, four days to go, great. Lucky you weren't swimming today, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> the paper's going to plan. <laughs> oh, I can just imagine the swimmer's face in front of me. Great, lucky not swimming today. Oh, thanks for that. Well, <laughs> I always sort of thought, you know, um, if they're swimming out of their skin and they're four yeah. days out, you're like, hmm, we're going to oh, keep oh. this up for another four days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, oh, that's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, you referred to that. So apologies if we are repeating ourselves, but, you know, at the end of the day, taper is a very individual thing, but, you know, 24 hours in a taper is a long time. A lot can happen in 24 hours. Yeah. So always remember that as well. Well, I, I wanted to bring this up too because there's a lot of people who are obviously going to their first nationals, uh, maybe coaches coaching at their first nationals. And I was talking to a group of swimmers yesterday. who We've got a lot of 13-year-old girls going, hence why there's so many entries this year. Um <laughs> And we've got a lot of people who I said, you know, you may make some mistakes in terms of even just your planning with the parents around what time you're traveling, when you're traveling, how you're traveling, uh, what you're doing when you get there, all that sort of stuff. I've heard people are having holidays. Well, we're all going up for a holiday. So it's already not actually going for competition. It's going for a holiday. <laughs> so, and that's all good because they're, they're young and they're all learning and the parents are learning. Um, but, you know, are there, are there certain things that you look guidelines, you know, that you'd give your, your young athletes coming through? Like, do you have a specific uh, amount of days that you, you would recommend swimmers arrive before competition and things like that? Like, I always advise the kids to take their own pillows, just as a little yeah. side note, just so, you know, sometimes you get a great pillow, Shannon. Like, I stayed in the Shangri-La not long ago. I'm not big note myself. It was just a treat. But... Mate, that pillow Thank was. You I was just, it 1983? All right, it, it maybe needed some up, some upkeep. <laughs> it was nice, but it did look dated. Um, <laughs> but man, the pillow—I wanted to take it home. The pillow was fantastic, but we don't always stay in the Shangri-La, and quite often you lay on a pillow and you're like, "Oh, this is the worst pillow I've yeah. ever laid on." And nothing's worse than that when you've got, you know, to be ready tomorrow for competition. So that's just something I say. But have you got anything that? you try and advise parents in terms of yeah when to arrive um, what they're doing when they get there and all that sort of stuff yeah look the pillow is a good one um two, two days before i think's fine 
Um, and, uh, you know, we had an ACT um, Nationals Day a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday. And, and what I advice that the coaches and myself talked about on that particular day was just hydration, you know, um, and, you know, takes three, if once you're dehydrated, it takes about three days to become hydrated. So really you've got to be working on that through that taper period so that you arrive, you know, hydrated and you've got the best chance because, um, you know, trying to perform at your best when you're dehydrated on day five, mm. well, good luck. So, yeah, you know, so little things like that, you know, things because they've been taken out of their normal environment where, you know, they might you know, have water bottles, you know, and all that sort of stuff and it's just their routines all changed. So, um, yeah, just little reminders of those sorts of things that will help. Well, that's a good one, and I wrote that one down. So something, I guess, I mean, we're not writing it down because we don't already know that, but it's probably something you don't focus on in the lead-up, do you? You kind of take that for granted and think, yeah, the kid's a human being, he's going to drink water or they're going to stay hydrated, but they, they don't always. Yeah. Um, what other, you know, if you've got a swimmer who's got a big program, so, you know, lots of different races on lots of different days, and if you're fortunate enough that that swimmer's at a level that they're making finals as well, do you have things that you would recommend coaches in particular consider in terms of recovery and that sort of stuff for swimmers with big programs? Well, just the whole recovery strategies. So try and have that in place. Try not to have it in place on the go, you know. Make sure you arrive to the, the swim meet and the swimmer knows what you know, and the parents of that swimmer as well. So, yeah. Um, what about massage, Shannon? Uh, I've, nah, I don't think I've asked. State you. nationals. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, I want to ask you anyway. All right, I want to ask you anyway. If you got a big week, and okay, let's say it's not age. Let's say it's opens, and you've got an athlete. Like, what part does the massage play? Is there a time and a place for it? Is it sort of for recovery and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a flush out, you know. So it, it, it is a little bit, but I've seen way too many swimmers, you know, on the massage table too often. So it can definitely be overdone. Um, and then you want a masseuse that knows what they're doing as well. So um, because you know, quite often if if they don't get the right type of massage, they can feel quite bad in the water off off that. So. You know, you, you've got to sort of think about when your best event is and, you know, so. So avoid it for age groups, as you reckon. Pointless. Oh, yeah. About it. Like, seriously. Seriously. Apologies to all, them, all the physios out there that are looking to make a coin on the Gold Coast. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good stuff. Um, all right, I want to get to uh, Shannon's... Um, pre-race uh pre-race speech do you have things that are, are you avoid saying yeah talking a lot yeah you're trying to tell me something right now oh well <laughs> if the shoe fits <laughs> hey hey listen i think we're as bad as each other all right thank you very much <laughs> but yeah don't don't over talk it like you just you know 
So less is more. So the more you got to talk on race day, mm, that's not looking very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. I agree with you. Um, I've got a couple of quick ones. We'll try and be quick because obviously we are time conscious, Shannon. Um, we don't want to do the three hour Denmark. That's probably the PB, isn't it? The three, because not only did we do three hours, we redid it and did another, you know, an hour and a half on top of it. Um, so never we'll to be, be broken that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was a little bit broken. Yeah, <laughs> uh, bouncing back. Uh, how, how do you how do you go with swimmers who don't maybe start the week the the best way? Um, is it just stick to your processes as a coach and follow the plan that you had, or do you have certain verbiage that you come up with to try and let them know, no, no, we're all good, don't stress? Yeah, well, and try and challenge them. You know, if they fall in a heap and they can't get can't get back up, well, good luck. Not many good athletes come out of that. Mm. So, you know, it's a mark of of a swimmer and um, their intestinal fortitude that they can turn it around um and, and a coach as well so um so i think you know why do we fall so we can get back up did you steal and, that from batman yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the if i could be a superhero I'd be <laughs> he's got money and lots of toys bruce wayne's dad there you go but um <laughs> Yeah, I think that's when the, the yeah that's when coaching starts, isn't it? You know, so um, and that's happened plenty of times in yeah. my career. So, and there's athletes that don't get back up, and there's athletes that do. Well, you make sure you hang on to the ones that do because that's a good sign. Yeah. Well, you lead me into the next question: the importance of coaches staying calm through the week. We've talked. Um, about it and especially in the last few weeks about being in the penthouse and the shit house and coaches yeah. <laughs> needing to just stay in the middle nationals can be a long week same as state and same as you know anyone who's listening from overseas you know will you know if you've got a long program and a long week staying in that middle is easier said than done isn't it though yeah yeah no definitely so um that'll be something that you'll have to work on throughout your career so Moses will start next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you always you try and then you fail and then you try again and get back up, as you said, from yeah, Bruce Wayne's dad. Uh, and the last one I've got just before we, we say goodbye, um, advice for the parents. So we do have parents listening. This is on the Off The Blocks network and a lot of uh, parents listen to Off The Blocks. What advice do you have? And, and for people listening, you know, Shannon has a daughter going there as well. So it's not just a coach. You, you're our father and... You've, you're in that environment as well. What advice do you have for the parents over that week? Take a chill pill. <laughs> now, seriously, like, <laughs> just take a step back and yeah. just, you know, look at the big picture. It's, it's just an experience. If they win, that doesn't mean it's a good thing for the future. And just enjoy the moment. If they lose, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing for the future. You know what I mean? Like age nationals, umpteen swimmers, you know, first age nationals isn't until they're 15 or 16. And, mm. you know, it's um, just let them enjoy the experience. And, uh, um, yeah, because if they're going to be in swimming for a long time, it's the first of many. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and if thing, something goes wrong, yeah, on the day, you know, like 
get up late or yeah. something rare. happens, you know, just deal with it, you know. Um, so don't panic and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. That's great advice. I always say, uh, especially on a big week like this, parents are there to high-five the kids when they do a good job and give them a cuddle if they're a bit sad. So yeah. the, co- the coaches deal with everything else in between and the ups and the downs and that's – Parents are there to high five and and give them a cuddle and just be supportive. All right. Thank you very much to all the listeners that have joined us this week. And hopefully coaches, if you listened, you got a little bit out of that again and we've revisited and touched on some of the the things leading up to it. As Shannon told me last year when we pretty much realized that I'd stuffed up the taper during our podcast. Uh, (laughs) So if, if you're in the same boat as me now listening to this guy, shit, I did that already. Oh, look, it's okay. It's not too late. You can you can still re-steer the ship. Um, never too late. Ha- never too late. It's never too late. Uh, so, yeah, thank you to everyone for listening. Good luck to all the coaches and swimmers. Uh, we're going up to the Gold Coast next week. Uh, as we said, just enjoy the week. Enjoy the process. It should be fun, shouldn't it, Shannon? We shouldn't be doing it if we're sitting there stressing all the time about it. It should be something yeah. we enjoy. And uh, hopefully you guys have a great week. If I see you around, I'll say hello and... Maybe we'll catch up for a couple of drinks. Always nice having a couple of drinks on the Gold Coast. So we'll have a good week. Um, Good luck to all the swimmers and parents as well. And Shannon, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Robbie. I won't be at age. um, So uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, there's not two of me. And uh, so I've got to be manning the fort back here in Canberra. So I'll be at Opens, but uh, good luck to you yourself and and your swimmers and everyone else out there that's listening all the best and uh if you're at if you're at opens i'll see you at opens all right guys we'll talk to you next week see you later today's episode of off the block swimming podcast is proudly brought to you as always by pro swim workouts nico and the team at pro swim workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to proswimworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.